0: this is Life in Progress, a therapy podcast with your host, Navart Wilborn. I'm a licensed professional counselor, and we're going to be having some honest conversations about life struggles, both the day-to-day struggles and more serious hardships. Please remember that this podcast and all affiliated programs are not a substitute for therapy. So if you're struggling, please reach out to a therapist in your area and get the support you need. Thanks for joining me. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining me again today. So I, again, I want to apologize. You didn't get an episode last week. I was on vacation, and um, I had wanted to record one for you before I left, but life was just a little busier than I had expected. So um, back to it this week. So the last two sessions that I, or last two episodes that I did uh, are kind of, I want to reference them as we go into today's topic. So the last one I did was with my friend Stacy, and it was about um, when adult communication looks like a toddler tantrum. And so if you haven't listened to that, please go listen to it. It'll be um, an interesting one for you. And then the one before that was about the importance of having a Good foundation in the relationship between you and your spouse, you know, a good friendship, and how having that foundation really facilitates better communication because there's some, you know, that relationship, that friendship cushions the negative things that sometimes might come up in a relationship. It makes it easier to deal with it and talk about it because you have a good foundation. And then um, with the the toddler communication one, it was kind of a a look at when we. Speak to each other in a way that's really not respectful, specifically, you know, yelling and just really being rough and harsh in the way we communicate. That was something that um, unfortunately a lot of people display in the way that they communicate. People think that it's appropriate to yell and be rude when talking to others, especially family members. So, those were the last two that we did just to kind of recap. And then today, I want to focus on kind of an extension of that, which is I'm kind of looking at it as the topic, kind of falling under the umbrella of the unhealthy games that couples play in communication. And so obviously screaming and yelling at someone is an unhealthy way to communicate, but it's typically a reactive thing. You don't really think about it. You just for it you you get upset about something and then you just unleash and you yell and you scream and you say hurtful things. But when I'm talking about games that couples play, I'm thinking about things that are a little bit more intentional, a little bit more thought through, but that are really unhealthy, that are really disruptive and sometimes destructive in relationships. So, you know, to start, I kind of want you to think about um, kind of a the the groundwork for that would be, you know, if you're upset, if, if your spouse does something to hurt your feelings or make you mad or, or upset you for any reason, then you might make a decision that you are going to treat them a certain way to make sure they know, they know how you feel, that you um, communicate to them that the thing they did upset you so much that you want them to Kind of punish, be punished for it, you know, punish them a little bit for what they did. So this is something that you would decide to do, you know, act out based on that choice. It's not so much reactive as it is something that you choose to do and then you maintain it for as long as you feel like you want to maintain it. So, for example, silent treatment. That's something that people do when they want the other person to know they're mad at them. They don't want to talk to them. So they just stop speaking to them. And that is a really unhealthy game. That's basically, you know, let's say if I do that, then what I'm doing, if I give you the silent treatment that I'm trying to do is to make sure you know that I'm upset. So when you come and try to interact with me, I'm not going to be very interactive at all. I'm not going to speak to you. I may not even look at you. I may pretend you don't exist. I may pretend that you aren't even speaking to me or that you're not present at all. And what that's going to do is you are going to notice that very, very quickly. You're going to notice if I'm ignoring you. You're going to notice if I'm not speaking to you. And what that's meant to do is punish you, is to really make you think about what you did and what you said to hurt my feelings or to bother me or make me mad or whatever. And so that gives me control. So now I've taken control of our relationship. I've taken control of our interaction and I'm punishing you because of something that I feel that you did now what what that might make you do is either ignore me back and give me the silent treatment back or it might make you mad and you might say some things that are even worse or you know hurtful, ugly, whatever. Um, but regardless of what your reaction is, what this does is it creates a wedge between us. This creates a, a rift where now our communication obviously is broken. And inevitably, it starts to create a break in the relationship. Whether you do this once or twice or 50 times, it is a break. You can recover it. You know, let's say you do it once and you realize that was really unhealthy. I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Okay, you can recover it. And you can say, you know, that's just a lesson that you're learning as you're growing and maturing in your relationship. But unfortunately, what I've found in working with people is that most of the time, you know, most people who utilize the silent treatment strategy, they do it pretty often or it's not just once or twice. It's something that they resort to from, you know, when when they're mad or when they're hurt. And, you know, Hannah, let me jump back just a little bit. A lot of the times what I find is that the people who tend to use silent treatment are people who already have figured out one way or another that the communication in their relationship is not fantastic. You know, maybe in the past they tried to talk about a situation and their spouse didn't react well or didn't really respond in a way that was helpful, didn't participate in the communication. And so talking about it maybe didn't work so well. And so now they're just skipping that altogether and they're just going to give the silent treatment to teach a lesson that way. Some people use it because it's worked in the past and the other person felt bad or guilty for what they did. And so they, they kind of win if they implement that strategy. Um, But, you know, and some people just try it because they've never tried it before. And then they decide, hey, if it works, they keep doing it. If it doesn't, they change it up. But if you're the kind of person that implements a silent treatment, I want you to know that that's really unhealthy. It doesn't matter what your strategy is or what your reasoning is, whether your spouse engages in communication with you or not, that is a bad decision on your part. You, If you've resorted to that, you're also doing something wrong. Even if they're awful communicators and every time you try to talk to them, it doesn't work, well, then you have to decide if you need external help, maybe a therapist or some kind of coach outside of your marriage, or maybe this is a really bad relationship for you to be in. But if you're at the point where your strategy in response to conflict in your relationship is to use the silent treatment, you're also doing something wrong. And that's not healthy no matter how you spin it. You can, now if you need a minute, you need to not talk about it and you communicate to your significant other, hey, I don't wanna talk to you about this today, I'm so upset that I'm just gonna need to take the day. Okay, that's different. That's you communicating clearly that you need some space, you need some time, and hopefully, the other person will respect that and give you that space and time. But if you implement the silent treatment without communicating why you're doing it, it's not a strategy that's giving you space and time to think, but it's something that you're doing to punish. And honestly, you know that. Like right now, if you were someone who's used silent treatment, you know if you've done it because you've asked for space or if you're doing it to make a point um, and be in control. And if you're doing it for that, the control or the, you know, implementing it as a a punishment, I really want you to think about that because then you're doing that. You're not doing that for your relationship. You're doing that for yourself. You're doing that because you're upset and you need to find a way to feel better or to feel on top. It's not benefiting your relationship. And everything that we talk about, everything I'm trying to talk to you about and teach you and, and discuss in this series is about the relationship it's not about you if you are the only one benefiting from a communication strategy or from something you're doing in your relationship then that's not a balanced or healthy relationship in a relationship a lot of the times we have to tuck our tails and really swallow our pride and go talk to that person about the things that were heard about or we have to go apologize to them about the things we did wrong and so if you've gotten to the point where you're being silent to teach them a lesson, then that's an unhealthy game. That's you trying to do something to, to um, really, I guess, create an outcome in which the other person feels bad about themselves and you feel good, that you feel like you made your point, they know you're mad, and now they can feel bad about it. That's not really helpful. I would rather you say, hey, I'm really upset with you. I don't know, you know, I don't want to talk to you about it right now, but I'm gonna calm down. And then when you calm down, being able to very, very, you know, implement all the other things we talk about where you very calmly sit down and say, we have a problem. You did this, it really upsets me. We can't move forward. So either we need to figure out how to talk about this or we need therapy. Obviously, this is a really simplified approach, but what I'm saying is if you can't talk about it and you're using silence. You're not helping your relationship. So, another thing that I, um, that uh, kind of game that couples play that are, that's unhealthy is um, kind of the talking, kind of the using someone else to communicate. So, sometimes, you know, think of, of a situation, maybe a scenario where you and your spouse are in your room and your kids are in the room too, or one of your kids or a family member or a friend. And instead of, um, you know, saving a a conversation about a private thing with your spouse for private time, you bring it up when someone else is there and you use that other person to get a point like, well, your mom didn't want me to tell you this, but we're fighting right now because she's mad at me that I didn't da-da-da-da-da, you know, whatever. Or saying, you know, I wanted to take you out to do this, but your dad said no, and, you know, he thinks he's the boss around here. So you're being super passive-aggressive, very very rude and disrespectful and instead of facing your partner your spouse and having a conversation with them you're now bringing someone else in and thinking that you're just telling the other person what's going on when really you're trying to be super disrespectful and go about it a backwards way to tell the other person how you feel. What you were trying to say is, "Hey, I'm mad at you because you won't, you know, you didn't you got, you know, didn't let me do the thing I wanted to do or you gave me a hard time because I wanted to do something. You blocked me from doing something." But instead of having that conversation with your spouse, you're bringing in someone that has no business being in your relationship, and now you've caused discomfort for them. And a lot of the times what I see is kids then become very distressed about their parents' relationship. They then feel like they need to take sides or they're just confused about the fact that their parents are having a situation, they don't understand it, or they start to internalize the opinion. You know, you could have one parent who does this really unhealthy thing and another parent that doesn't. Well, the louder parent is probably going to be more influential on this child, so now the kid's going to start to parrot and maybe repeat some of these things like, well, mom, you never let dad do anything anyway. You're just super controlling. Or they'll talk to other people. They'll tell their teachers, my mom is really mean and she, you know, yells at my dad when really they could both be treating each other very disrespectfully, but you're only hearing one side of it. Or the louder person is really the only person being disrespectful. You know, the dad could be the problem and the mom could just be super quiet and mom's not doing anything or vice versa. So bringing other people in is really unhealthy. Um, This other thing that um, kind of next point is kind of a game. I mean, I don't really know that this falls under the uh, category of game, but it's a super common issue that I um, run into with clients and people that are in a relationship who are struggling. It's this feeling that their spouse speaks to strangers and people outside their family with more respect than they speak to them. So I've had a lot of people say this to me, like, you know, they're, they're when I see them with their colleagues or with their friends, they're so sweet and kind and respectful. But then when they talk to me, they're rude, they're ugly, they tell me what to do, they don't ask me to help them, they tell me to help them, or they just bark orders at me, or they yell at me, or they criticize me. And so those are things that um, that's choice like you're not in it's not a reactive situation like you are making a decision to control yourself with colleagues and friends and you know what most people who are kind to colleagues at some point experience some frustration with that colleague or boss or friend, but they would never talk to them the way that they talk to their significant other or their children. They're more respectful. They're professional. They handle it in a way that is more appropriate. But then when they're talking to their spouse or whatever, they don't have a filter. they don't speak in an appropriate way. They just let it come out in the most raw way possible. And that's not typically very respectful. And so that kind of goes back to the topic a a few weeks ago of the friendship, right? So if I respect you, if I view you as someone that's important to me and and I see you as a good friend, I'm going to, hopefully, I'm going to speak to you with respect, you know? And so if we have a good foundation in our relationship, we're going to talk to each other respectfully. But if I don't like you, if I don't respect you, then I'm it might be harder for me to be kind to you and talk to you with respect because I'm not going to care about your feelings. So it's I, call, I put that under the game umbrella just because it's a it's a choice, um, and I mean I don't know it just fits, but really it just kind of comes under the um, the it's it's not good communication. So the other uh, next point that I notice with couples that I work with is the tendency to come into a conversation where there's an issue instead of asking for clarification. Hey, let's say we're talking about money. Let's say that your spouse uh, spent money on something and you just got a notification from your credit card, your bank company saying, hey, this much money was spent at Target. And you're like, Oh my gosh, why did we just spend $300 at Target instead of going into a conversation with your spouse and saying, "Hey, I just got this notification. What, you know, what was this? What did we spend money on?" A lot of people instead of doing something like that are, "What did you spend $300 on? Like, why are you spending so much money? What did you buy this time? Why do you keep spending money?" Like it's this it's just a tone like sometimes the words Are very similar, but it's the accusation in the tone, it's the body language, it's the facial expressions of that's communicating an accusation and a blame instead of uh, uh, trying to get understanding, trying to get clarity. Because honestly, your tone is going to make or break that communication a lot of the time. Obviously, the words could also make or break it. You know, if you go into something and you're like, well, here we go again, I just got a $300 alert at Target would you spend money on this time? That's just straight up sarcastic, right? So um, going into conversations with the accusation without um, giving your significant other an opportunity to really explain something, but instead you just make all these assumptions and all these blames. And I see this as um, something that isn't super reactive. I mean, sometimes it's reactive. You get that alert and you're mad and you want to address it. But a lot of the times it's, Stuff that you have had plenty of time to really um, decide how you're going to approach it. You know, you could have something that happens and by the time you get home and you want to address it, you can make a decision to be calm and respectful in the way you ask your question, but you still might go in there blaming and accusing and being sarcastic and now what you've done is that you've created by blaming you're you know using a blaming technique in your strategy in your strategy you are now creating defensiveness in your spouse now they feel like they have to argue with you and defend their side even if there was really no reason to have a conversation like this it could have been a very simple answer. And it could have been, well, this is the thing you told me to buy and you just forgot that you wanted me to buy it. Or, hey, we were going to go back to school shopping. That's how much it costs. Whatever. It doesn't really matter what the details are. What matters is the accusation of trying to gather information or trying to communicate through accusing. And this kind of spills right over into the next point, which is Basically telling people how they feel, right? So I'm sure you have heard people say this before, but it's like, you know, don't don't tell me how I feel. So if I tell you, hey, you don't even care if I come out with you guys or you don't even care if the kids go to bed on time or whatever. Now you're deciding how I feel if you say that to me. And most people don't enjoy being spoken to like that. They don't enjoy having other people... Um, make assumptions about their feelings. So immediately, again, you're going to get defensiveness back from that other person. And so what happens a lot of the times in relationship communication is people don't ask the open-ended questions. They ask the yes or no questions. So, you know, you know, do you even want me to come with you? That's a yes or no. But if I say, hey, I would really like to come with you, you know, can let's talk about if this is gonna work out or not. Let's talk about if this is an option that would work for us. Well, that's, there's no, you don't have to give me a yes or no. It's opening up for a conversation, right? But what happens in arguments is typically, I'm going to corner you and ask you a yes or no question that you have no, really there's no opportunity for you to engage in a dialogue or a conversation with me. Now I've made you like have to say yes or no or if you try to respond in a non-yes or no, I'm not even going to want to listen to you because you're just arguing with me, and it just it creates gridlock. Like the, the communication ends. There's a cliff and there's nowhere else to go. You're just going to fall, and it's just going to get really, really messy from there. So if you're the kind of person that really goes, you know, when, when having a conversation with your spouse, if you find yourself And like um, accusing the other person of feeling a certain way or assuming that they feel a certain way, then you have to stop that. You have to create more of an opportunity for the person to tell you how they feel instead of you assuming how they feel. And even if this isn't in a conversation, let's say you're just on your own, kind of you know, in your head thinking about a situation that happened, and you don't know all the facts, or you haven't had a chance to talk to your spouse about the situation. If you've already jumped to all kinds of conclusions and overthinking about what what the other person must be feeling and you've already made the decision that they're, you know, they don't care about you, they don't care about your emotions, that's going to be a problem because you haven't actually talked about it. It most likely if you talk about it, you're going to be able to smooth it out get some more information, fill in those blanks and realize, hey, this isn't really a big problem. But what happens with overthinkers and people who have anxiety or insecurity is that they assume what the other person is feeling and then they carry that with them and then they come up with this entire you know, situation in their head and they build decisions off of it or emotions off of it and it could be so far from the truth. So internally that causes the problem and then externally when you're talking to that person and you assume how they're feeling and you don't give them a chance to, to communicate clearly, then you are blocking conversation. You're just irrationally going on and on and on and, you know, how you're feeling and what you think and the other person doesn't get a chance to talk. So... That is kind of a you know. There's all kinds of other things that couples do that are unhealthy. You know, I'll keep bringing it into conversations, but I don't want to kind of drag this on today as much. But I do want you to think about anything that you do that you feel, um, or or that you think your your significant other, your spouse, does that you feel like is a game. You know, if you're sitting there and you're so irritated because. Your significant other is doing something that you know they're doing on purpose in the way they're treating you or communicating with you to show you that they're upset or they're hurt. That intentional behavior, if you notice that they do that, then that falls under this category. I want you to think about it, but then I also want you to think about what you may be doing as well because chances are um, you're doing something you don't realize you're doing. We all do it, even the most amazing communicators or You know, healthy relationships, there's always room for growth. There's always room to learn a new way to handle something. And you know, most of what I hope to do, other than maybe giving you things to think about, is to um, you know, there's some teaching there, there's some guidance there, but a lot of it, like I just want you to to take a look at your life, take a look at your behavior and ask yourself. Is there room for growth here? Is there something I could be doing to be better, feel better, treat people better? Is there something that I can do that would serve me better in my life instead of this thing that I do that really just, you know, it's not helpful, it makes the situation worse or it negatively affects my relationship? I want you to be introspective. I want you to think about how the, you know, the role that you play in your own life that, yeah, there are some things that happen in life that are out of your control, but there's so many more things that happen in your life that are in your control. And when it comes to a relationship, you have a lot more control than you might think. And it may not, I'm not talking about control over the other person. I'm talking about control over yourself and how you engage with this person, how you interact, how you speak, what kind of supports you bring into your relationship if it's struggling. And playing games in a relationship, it's always unhealthy. It's never its never functional. And, you know, maybe the kind of the last topic I'll throw in there, we don't have to talk about it much, but just something for you to think about. I consider sarcasm to be a game. And some people will disagree with me on that. I know some people who say that they communicate with, You know, sarcasm is such a big part of how they communicate with each other. It's just how their family talks. But I've really, even with all those people who've told me that, rarely do they actually manage to be sarcastic without hurting someone's feelings at some point. And that's because sarcasm is just a backhanded way of telling someone what you think or how you feel without actually saying it and so it at some point comes across in a way that's just below the belt it's too far or it was it stung a little too much but we all are able to dish it out and we have to be able to take it I can't tell you that that hurt my feelings so instead I'm just going to get more sarcastic back and before you know it we're just really ugly at each other without acknowledging that we're being ugly and it takes someone from the outside to hear it to be like oh my gosh they're so rude and so disrespectful when they talk to each other so sarcasm would be on my list of unhealthy games we play and um that can be changed. You just have to decide that it's unhealthy and and realize that you have to control your mouth a little bit. Um, But okay, so I'm going to wrap up here. I hope that gave you something to think about. Don't play unhealthy games in your relationships. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll talk to you later. Bye.